I'm John, and tonight I want answers about the Steve Jobs movie. And I want to hear tales of Silicon Valley. There's no stopping us now because we're live. John wants answers. John wants answers. Give John answers. Give John answers. John wants answers. John wants answers. Give John answers now. Check your calendar. Which says February 12th, 2015, then we're live here in front of the Apple headquarters, one infinite loop. So we blocked off traffic for just half an hour to bring you this earth-shattering show. My guest tonight is Scott Camaster. He's a renowned author, and you learned how to program the Mac by reading his books. How many books have you written, written for the Mac? Fifteen. Fifteen? Let's say. Okay. It's, it's hard to count at this point. They keep on coming? Or they stop coming? No, they've pretty much stopped by now. Oh, okay. I started reading your books that how to write software for the Macintosh. That was the first one, right? Yep. And then how to debug software. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for the three bucks. I didn't pay you anything because I just used the one we had at work. <sighs> so. Well, thanks for nothing then. Hey, you're renowned. Oh. I made you renowned. We'll be taking your tweets during the show. You can tweet us at John Wants Answer. And if you don't want to use Twitter, you can go to our website, johnwantsanswers.com, click on contact, send us a message, and halfway through the show, we're going to read your messages and banter about them. And we will not mock you too much. Depending on who you are. Yeah, yeah. Some people we will mock mm -hmm. harshly, and some people will be very kind towards. Um, this show is usually made possible without the support of Brain Westbefall. Um, although tonight is not one of those nights. Tonight he is helping us out with the show. So, thanks to him. Um, the opinions stated here are my own, and not necessarily those of my company. Wow, there we are. Let's get started. So cool. you're here to talk about the Steve Jobs movie. Wait, our first topic, the Steve Jobs movie. Keep our game player over there. That's uh, cool. In the dark. Um, so, your story about the Steve Jobs movie goes back to 1984. I know, a long time ago. A long time. Before some people here were born. I guess. Yeah, we found out. So, um, why don't you tell us this, how you got involved with the Steve Jobs movie? Well... Starting in 1984. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... There's, unless there's earlier stuff you can reference. No, it's pretty much starting in 1984. Okay. So in 1984, Apple announced the Mac, and they did it at a shareholders meeting, which is kind of weird, but that's... Weird by today's standards, but yes. maybe not then? Yeah, maybe then, too. Okay. But the idea was a lot of people were going to be gathered, and it was a big announcement, so that's how they did it. And um, one of the problems with the shareholders meeting is shareholders are supposed to be able to go to it. Right. And Apple kind of forgot that a little bit. <laughs> so the building filled up with, it was Flint Center at right. De Anza College. Huge auditorium. Yeah, I think 2,500 seats, but it filled up with whoever, Apple employees and, and other people, before all the shareholders got in. Oh. Some of them didn't like that. So yeah. uh, Apple, in order to avoid, I think, getting into a little bit of trouble for keeping its shareholders out of the shareholders meeting, right. put the uh, video of the shareholders meeting on TV, on public TV, a few days later. Like public access TV? Yes. Maybe this station. Maybe, maybe this station, and maybe uh, not. Maybe not. So I was at the shareholders meeting, and I watched it, and I 
I worked at Apple at the time, mm -hmm. and of course it was a great day for Apple. And I thought, well, I'm going to record it off TV so I can watch it whenever I want and uh -huh. you know, have it for my kids and stuff like that. <laughs> so I recorded it, and I watched it, and it went on a shelf. Mm -hmm. And it sat on a shelf for, oh, 20 years, let's say. Okay. And then um, word got out that I had this video, and it turned out to be a lost video. Nobody <laughs> else had it, apparently. So it got digitized and mm -hmm. put on the web and um, got put on YouTube. YouTube was actually founded three weeks after this video was digitized in 19, oh. no, sorry, 2004, I think. But could you put a video that long onto YouTube? Uh, yes, somehow. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. It was cut into pieces. Okay. It was only later when you could have longer videos. Right. So it got really popular. And Oh, and um, at the end of the video, the guy who digitized it put my name. Uh-huh. What was the credit he gave you? Oh, he said, um, uh, recorded and preserved for the world by Scott Canaster. Okay. It's, you know. So you pressed record please. on the VCR. Right. And then didn't throw it away. And didn't throw it away. Right. Yeah. And so that was my greatest achievement in life. So yeah. now people call me sometimes to say, what was it like uh, running the camera, recording <laughs> the video? Did you work on the crew? Uh -huh. How was it backstage? And um, I say, no. Pressed record, didn't throw away. That's the wrong answer. You got <laughs> to go with it. Saying, yeah, me and Steve had a pep talk behind, you know, backstage before the show. He was nervous. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, later I'll explain how my honesty got me in trouble another time. Oh, okay. So, a okay. uh, little foreshadowing. <laughs> so, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, somebody called me saying they're working on this new Steve Jobs movie. Mm -hmm. And what was it like when I recorded the video and so on and so forth. <laughs> so, I was honest and said... Push the button, didn't uh -huh. throw away. They said, oh, but were you there? I said, yes, I was there. So they said, would you like to come and talk to us because we're making this movie about Steve Jobs and we're doing this thing that's supposed to be the original intro and we'd like to get more information about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds exciting. I thought it was pretty cool. They just Googled your name? Uh, they saw it on YouTube. They watched the video on YouTube and then at the right. end... There was your name. There was my name. Yeah, then they, they, they tracked me down by Googling it probably. Okay. Google is a very good search engine. They may have binged it. I doubt they binged I it. I doubt they binged they it. They couldn't have found you by binging it. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Um, so they call you and they want to meet with you? Yeah. So they said, uh, we have an office in San Francisco. Can you come see us? Uh -huh. And I happened to be in San Francisco a couple days later. And so I, I went to see them. And if you imagine like a secret shield base that doesn't look on the outside like it does on the inside, uh -huh. that's what this movie production office was like. It was this kind of rundown building on the waterfront with trucks going by and unmarked. And you go in and poof, it's a movie production office. And there's all these little rooms of all the different departments like wardrobe and props and visual effects and whatever. And uh, they're all getting ready to shoot this movie. Are there going to be cool visual effects in this movie? I don't know. Explosions? Uh, that, I think, is unlikely. Yeah, I don't recall any explosions in Apple history. Okay. No, but, you know, it's a movie. It's yeah. not a documentary. It's a dramatic movie. Oh, so in the car chase <laughs> with Andy Hertzfeld racing back to the auditorium with a floppy disk. I fixed the bug. It might be in there. Okay. I don't know. Because the script, by the way, I didn't get to see the script. Oh. Everybody had the script who worked on the movie, and I was trying to imagine a way that I could steal one and not right. be a bad guy <laughs> or caught. 
right? <laughs> didn't come up with any way I could steal one and no. not be a bad guy or caught. So I and don't know what's in this. They didn't tell you. Right. Okay. So, but what they were interested in was knowing the, the real stuff, you know, real things that happened and how they happened. And they had all sorts of questions like, uh, what kinds of people were at the shareholders meeting? Um, what would they have, how would they have been dressed? Uh, Apple employees, were they wearing badges? Where did they wear their badges? Um, you know, they just, they wanted to know what it was like uh -huh. in great detail and then decide how to make the movie out of the stuff that they learned. Okay. So um, the other thing that they asked about was, uh, did I have any stuff? <laughs> and, for, and we've already established that I'm a bit of a hoarder. Yes, You yes. know, the not throwing away right, thing. Right. So I looked around and I uh, collected up some stuff and I brought it to them and they were like, oh, wow, that's great. We'll... Uh, be interested in that. Did you bring some of that stuff with you today? I think I might have. Really? Yes. Let's dig for it. Okay. Oh, look, there, oh it there it is. <laughs> so, this is the original Mac brochure that came out when the Mac did. Hmm. Of the 235 million people in America, that's way out of date. Yes. Only a fraction can use a computer. Right. Not oh, too many. That's too bad. So, this is, a, this is maybe one of... Uh, Apple's always had great uh, sales and marketing materials. Right. And, this is yet another one, you know, it's pictures well, it's of an IBM. an ugly PC. Right, and a beautiful you need Mac. And a, a Mac and a little right. mouse. And... So they photocopied this and gave it back to me, uh -huh. which was nice. Right. And uh, this is the first issue of Macworld. The which, first Macworld, yeah. wow. That's they thought that money. was pretty interesting. Better need to get a security escort out of the building You know, tonight. it's not that valuable. No? I no. mean, it's okay. Yeah. And what they really liked about this was, in the back, there's um, little bios of the whole Mac team, all oh. the the people that you don't hear too much about. Anybody we know? Yes, many people that we know. Oh. Like there's Steve Jobs. We've heard of him. I know him. And Well, he's one of the ones that you have heard of. He's uh, like, yelled at me a few times. <laughs> Chris Espinosa, Jerome Coonan, Bob Belleville, many, many others. Okay. And they liked the pictures not only because they could see what the Mac people looked like in case they wanted to cast someone, uh -huh. but also uh, because they're all wearing their clothes from the 80s, right, right. right, obviously. And so they could get another example of what 80s clothes look like. Has clothing changed that much from the 80s? Like, <clears throat> today everyone wears jeans and t-shirts. Did they wear that back then too? I did. Yeah, me too. I think in, in our little world, it hasn't changed too much. <laughs> so, um, right. probably, probably not, the, probably mostly hair has changed. Mm -hmm. My hair has changed a lot since 1984, for example. Plus, I have new glasses since then. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. And you're, you're cutting your hair shorter now. Much shorter. Yeah. Okay. Really short on the top. Here's another thing I brought them, which they were maybe less interested in. This was an Apple catalog from 1987. And this was, uh, Apple decided to be a lifestyle, I think, at this uh -huh. time. So there's some really hilarious pictures of, like, um, really nice kids <laughs> in their <laughs> Apple clothing. Are, were they selling clothing? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I well, they, you know, there's t-shirts now, right, at the, at the well, yeah, Apple store. store. There's a catalog. This is the best one. Wow. The dudes with sunglasses. Can you see that? <laughs> they look like Mammy Vice. Yes, except stupider. <laughs> so okay. this is obviously after Steve Jobs left Apple. <laughs> okay. And then um, in 1985, the follow-up uh, year to the, to the Mac, Apple sponsored the Super Bowl, which was in Palo Alto. And they covered all the seats with these seat cushions. And I happen to never have thrown this away also. Right, right. Um, I think I bought one of those off eBay. Really? Yeah. I don't know where Did it you is spend now. a lot? Uh, no. See, on the back it says Super Bowl 19. We just had Super Bowl 49. So you can subtract and see 
when that was. Right. And um, they loved the fact, so these are, a lot of these people are, they're artists and they, they're, they're uh, creative people that are working on the movie. And they noticed that the seat number on the cushion down here, uh -huh. Apple Garamond. <laughs> so like the level of detail okay. was pretty cool. And they returned all this stuff to me, they were very nice. And you met the director, right? Yeah, that was completely unexpected because I imagined a movie was a giant hierarchical corporation and you know, I didn't think I'd meet the director. But right. I, as I was talking to the, to the uh, various people there, uh, the, my contact, whose name is Todd, said, um, the director is around and he'd like to meet you. I thought, oh cool. So the director is Danny Boyle. Uh -huh. He's an Oscar winning director and, and quite renowned. And I thought he'd come by and say hi. And instead, he came by and talked for 20 minutes about his movie. Oh. And I, I thought that was fantastic. He was so nice. He was uh, very enthusiastic about the movie. You know, he talked about how excited he is to be working on it and how mm -hmm. much he admired the work that Steve Jobs did and how he thought that the Macintosh was uh, made for people who were afraid of computers to not be afraid of computers anymore and, and that that was the start of a revolution. And uh, just really super nice guy. And in fact, I, got to, I, I told him a little story, which I'll tell you later. <laughs> All right. So that was, that was fun and, and really unexpected. Also, so together with the um, secret shield base nature of the building, mm -hmm. the fact that all these rooms had pictures up on the wall, like blown up from the internet, of, like here's how Flint Center is going to look, and, and that they were so studious about it, racks of clothing for the, pe for the people to wear, and... Uh, all this stuff was a little bit surreal, you know, to, to see all this played right. out in a building and meeting the director was kind of the, the high point of how surreal it felt. Afterwards, I thought, well, that really happened, right? <laughs> and I think it did. I might be making all this up, but as far as I know, it really happened. It's a good story, made up or not. Um, are Thanks. You, are you going to be in the movie? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, so I did get to go to the set when they filmed in uh, Cupertino at Flint Center. Um, and they were looking for 2,500 extras to fill Flint mm -hmm. Center. And um, by the time I got there, all the seats were filled. So I thought, okay, great, I'll just watch from the side, which I did, and that was mm -hmm. fun. And I walked backstage, and I happened to see, again, the director, oh. Danny Boyle. And he, was, he remembered me, he remembered my story, uh -huh. and he told me he had told the story to the guy playing Steve Jobs, in fact. So that's... Life imitating art, imitating life, and so on. And probably a few it, more times. It's recursive loop now. Yeah, yeah. And he did. He did say, "Well, are you? You know, do you want to sit in the audience and be an extra?" And I said, "You know, there's already. I was here once before, so <laughs> let these other people do it." And it was a little weird seeing people with badges like Apple badges uh -huh. that said, for example, Burl Smith, and he didn't look like Burl Smith to me. So yeah. that was a little unusual. Because you know, you know Burl Smith. Well, his and, picture is around yeah. a lot. And you knew him, and you saw yeah, someone yeah. else acting him, and like, you look nothing like him. Did you tell him he looked nothing like Burroughs Smith? I probably didn't no. even say that. But I did meet uh, Steve Capps, the guy playing the Mac engineer, Steve Capps. Okay. And um, he looked kind of a little bit like him, uh -huh. and, but he wasn't dressed anything like Capps. Capps was known for wearing a white dress shirt and cutoffs and uh, black and white checked vans. This guy was just wearing not that. So I said, you might want to talk to Wardrobe about that. But he was really interested in knowing a lot about Caps, uh, in, you know, the real life one. Right. You know him pretty well? Caps? Yeah. You know, a bit. A bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, all, what other stories do you have about 
about this. That's all. That's oh, no, wait, I have some more. Um, I, so I did not get to meet any of the lead actors, okay. unfortunately. Um, have you heard who some of the lead actors are? I, I've heard. I don't know. Not all their names are recognizable. Um, yeah. Waz is played by... Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Who's pretty well known. He's the guy in the interview. Yes, he's like Hopefully he won't be assassinated by the time the movie's done. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah. That'd be as bad as like if you died of your cold before the end of this show. No, that would be hanging worse. On. Okay, how are you doing? I'm hanging on. All right, good. And uh, Steve Jobs is played by a guy named Michael Fassbender. Okay. Who, uh, ha he played, I think he was Magneto in the last X-Men movie. So he's a pretty big actor. And he was in okay. Prometheus also. Uh, Joanna Hoffman, who is not really that well known, you know, outside of Apple Fanatics. Yes. Uh, there's a major actress playing her, right? Yes. Uh, she's played by Kate Winslet, who is a major actress. She was in the Titanic? Or is that somebody else? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I didn't. You mean, uh, what, that was, uh, what it was called, the Titanic? With the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I don't no? know. Okay. My heart will go on. It's all We're going to get tweets to tell us how wrong Good. Um, and uh, um, Jeff Daniels plays John Scully. John Scully. In this movie, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the movie is all about keynotes. Yeah, so what I've read is it centers on three keynotes, three product launches. The Mac, the Next, Okay. And the iMac. iMac. And that there are other parts, you know, kind of mixed in. Like I read that they did some filming at the garage where Apple started in Los Altos. Uh -huh. So I've been there. That's right. I've driven by. Yeah. I've driven by too, and the signs that say don't take any pictures. There are signs? Pictures only from the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so since they filmed there, I'm guessing that'll be in the movie. Just a guess. I don't yeah, know yeah. much about movies, but it seems like a good bet. They, they filmed the last. Jobs movie there too. That's right. Ashton Kutcher was actually at the actual house. Yes. Yes. Well. So, so same place. Uh -huh. And uh, by the way, you did your you did a show with Waz and Andy and Dan Kotke. Yes. Uh, about the veracity of that movie, right? Or its lack of right. of truth. And uh, I passed the link on to the movie crew so they could look at that. So we think that Danny Boyle has watched my show. I think there's no doubt. There's no doubt in yeah. my mind that Oscar award winning director. Danny Boyle watched not only that show, probably this show too. And probably all the other shows. Yes. Just once, to, once you see these two shows, how can you you're going to think, you're going to think every show I do is great. And you'd be right. And then you'd see like two or mostly. three or four and you'd be like, no, those were <laughs> probably the best ones. He probably looked at your whole <clears throat> oeuvre. Oeuvre. All right. We've got to uh, wrap up soon. Um, okay. What, what, uh, what more, do you have any more stories we, to tell about? Uh, I was, the, the, Another thing I want to say is that you can imagine the video guys, like the guys responsible for displaying Macs on screens and, mm -hmm. and, and vi video effects, not, not, not special effects, but making the Macs work right. right. They're Apple fanatics. They're mm -hmm. Mac experts. A lot of them are from the Bay Area right. uh, as well as LA. And the level of detail that they went to was incredibly impressive. Like my favorite thing is the original Lisa uh, had a hard disk, external hard disk on top called a profile. And uh -huh. The profile had a little light on it that would blink for reading and writing. So they had some leases that that worked, but they didn't have profiles that actually worked. But they actually mm -hmm. went in and hooked it up so that the light would blink randomly <laughs> on camera. So right. when people 
who are super nerdy like me and possibly you are watching that movie will see the profile like blink. Wow. Wow. They, they got, got a the working work, profile. They got the profile drive working. Yeah. None of them work anymore. Like nobody would go to the trouble of making the light blink. I mean, they barely worked when they were made, right? Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, we got to stop for a break. When we come back, we're going to take your tweets and we got Tales of Silicon Valley from Scott. So stay there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> really? No. We've had some dumb ideas on the show. Lift up. I like the way you push the technical level of this show, John. Uh oh. John? Yes. Riser, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Keep the risers? Yep. At least, you're, at least you don't have, at least you didn't have what I did. <laughs> they don't have to. Are you going to keep the risers? Yes. Okay. Okay, we're ready. Is okay, this okay is that, here? Is that, the same, is that in the same spot underneath the light? Well, sit down and we'll eat a little bit. What's the timer at this point? Um, oh, I don't know. Oh. The mic's kind of turned in. Is it still okay? Testing the mic because it's got John. A I'm John. Hello. Can you hear Hello? me? Hello. I'm Scott. Your mic's good. Is my mic okay? Are we good? We're finding out. We're checking with the. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. Okay. So, I'm John, and I'm talking. No, just me. You're good. Oh. We're checking me. So I'm still talking. We're checking with. Well, the, your mic is like right against your chest. There's oh. the problem. You guys are good. It's good. Okay. Is it good? Can you raise it higher? Your mic. Yeah. It's like it's totally not on correctly. I'm such an amateur. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. That'll do. Okay. That'll be good enough. Okay. Keeps turning. I think we're ready. And we're back. And we have some tweets. Um, Mike McGrath says, Fred Gibbons is still on Stanford's faculty. Consulting professor. Sounds like a good gig. Cool. Okay. Fred um, Gibbons is one of the software uh, CEOs from the early Mac brochure. Okay. Um, Sudeep Dua writes, have you met Steve Jobs? What did he say to you? Oh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, where does the chance Ken gets tired and declares war? That's from last month. Um, 
Sounds familiar. Uh, we have an, a message from Daniel. Um, what timeline is being covered by the movie? I don't think we discussed that, right? The 84, 84. through 98, I guess. Yep, that sounds right. Mm -hmm. What locations are being used? We kind of covered that too. Yeah. Flint Center. Uh, Flint Center. Uh, his house. Garage. And also they did some filming at a restaurant in Berkeley, I saw. Oh. It wasn't some other auditorium they used? Uh, not that Symphony, I've read. Davy Symphony Hall for the next introduction? I'm not sure. Hmm. I want a story, one of Tog's Halloween parties or one of the big production Apple holiday parties. Okay. Okay. Well, that's... Um, and I think we have... Uh, what else do you like to hoard? What do you got? <laughs> Everything, right? I, you know, I'm not a hoarder to the level of you can't walk through the uh -huh. house. I just, I, you know, just push to the sides a bit. All right. Well, now it's time for your one-man show. This is a scene from a play you're writing, right? Yep. What's it called? It's called Tales of Silicon Valley. All right. Well, let's hear it. And this, all, this happens to be the story that I got to tell to the crew, including the director, and that he then told to Michael Fassbender, who's playing Steve Jobs. So you could say it's in the movie, but you'd be lying. But anyway. So the story starts in 1983. In 1983, I got a job at Apple. In fact, I moved to California to work for Apple. Well, the, also because of the weather, but mainly to work for Apple because I was just in love with their products and brochures and, and I thought it was a really cool place to be, so I decided to be part of it. It was great, but after a few years, I burned out, it got old, and I did what you do, which is I went to a startup. Uh, startups don't always work out. This one was actually doing okay, but not for me. So I quit the startup, and now I needed another job. Naturally, I went back to Apple and interviewed there. And they offered me a job, but there was this other place called Next that was really exciting. Except uh, nobody knew what they were doing, really. It was exciting mainly because Steve Jobs had started it. So I, I had a friend there, and I went and interviewed there. And things were going pretty well. By the end of the day, they said, okay, now you get to interview with Steve. And I hadn't really met Steve. I thought, okay, well, bring him on. So Steve comes in the room, and he's pretty nice, and he sits down. He didn't yell at me or anything. He was, he was very uh, intense. And halfway through the interview, he said, are you the best technical support engineer in the world? And like an idiot, I started thinking about the answer. Well, am I the best technical support engineer in the world? And I finally said, you know, I think that would probably be my friend Kerry. And he kind of looked at me and he said, well, are you sure you're not the best technical support engineer in the world? And I got the hint. I'm slow, but I figured it out. So I said, yeah, maybe I'm better than Kerry. Maybe I'm the best in the world. And he finished the interview and he said, we'll let you know. And sure enough, I got a letter that said, we'd like you to work at Next. Here's how much money we're going to pay you. Here's the vacation. And at the bottom, there's a line to sign. And under the line, it said, I accept this insanely great offer, but I just couldn't do it. Steve Jobs in 1987 was not what he became later. He was a guy who started Apple and then didn't do so well. He left the company, hadn't really done anything else yet. And I didn't really know him personally. They wouldn't tell me anything about what they were doing, so I decided to turn them down. 
So they said, okay, uh, Steve's going to call you just to be sure. So, okay, Steve's going to call me. Steve called. I picked up the phone and he said, I hear you're passing up a chance to work at the greatest startup in the Valley on the coolest new product with the best people and the greatest technology. Do I have that right? Do I understand that? And I said, ah, uh, well, I'm going to work at Apple. How could you answer that question? I couldn't. So I just said, I'm going back to Apple. He said, okay, and, but he wasn't done with me. He said, do you know anybody else? And I gave him the name of my friend Jim. And he said, how do we get Jim? And I said, well, he has an unlisted phone number. But here it is. So I gave him my friend Jim's phone number. And Jim, I don't think I've ever apologized for that, so sorry. And you know, things worked out okay in my career. I'm happy with, with the way things went. But I really do wish I had accepted that insanely great offer. All right. Great story. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Um, that's the end of the show. So thanks for watching. Um, our next show is May 12th. Watch out. Um, stay tuned for something his mitt, something, something. <laughs> and after that is... I always uh, watch that. What the bleep. Um, and we'll, we'll see you next time. Good job, Scott. <laughs>